it can feel like such a big thing before you leave something that is tied to your identity. But a few weeks later and you move on and you grow <laughs> to the next thing. You're listening to episode number 93 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and we talk about everything from mental health to entrepreneurship, social media, and of course, self-care. And in today's episode, we have a guest, Taylor Lauren, aka Taylor from Later. know her as Taylor from Later in your inbox, the voice behind marketing newsletters at Later, which when she joined the company was still called Latergram. In today's episode, we're talking with Taylor Lauren and getting to know Taylor outside of Taylor from Later. She has had such an interesting career journey from dropping out of university to getting an internship at Hootsuite to then going on a road trip to Mexico with her best friend and starting a popular travel blog. All of this led her to her role at Later, which she just recently left due to burnout. And in today's episode, we talk about everything from her career journey, what she looks for when hiring on a marketing team, why she left a quote-unquote dream job, and how finances can play such a big role in our mental well-being. Now, speaking of finances, OnlyFans has been like a thing in quarantine, Don't worry, this is not an ad for OnlyFans. You will never see me starting an OnlyFans account. But what I do have is a Patreon. And so if you're somebody who loves listening to Self-Care Sunday every week, if it brings you value or joy during your self-care time, or maybe on your commute to work, I do have a Patreon account where you can support with as little as $3 a month. That basically contributes to my coffee fund, which we all know I'm drinking coffee 24-7 while I'm editing these episodes, while I'm coming up with the ideas for interview questions. And I even recently brought someone else onto the team uh, to help me with content management because, as you guys know, I am super busy lately and haven't been able to dedicate as much time to Self-Care Sunday as I want. So what I'd love to hear from you guys is what kind of exclusive content you want to see on Patreon. We already have a few patrons on there who I'm so grateful for. Thank you guys for all of your support. And if you have any ideas, let me know. Just slide in the DMs at Self-Care Sunday. I'm so excited to continue bringing you guys more episodes into 2021. And for now, let's get into today's episode. A lot of people might know you as Taylor from Later. That's how I think I first met you and kind of got to know you. Let's rewind before Later. I want to know who Taylor was before Later and kind of what your journey was leading up to that role. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like very lucky in a way that I was in, you know, I was like growing up at the right time when the internet and social media were a thing. And I was always like super interested in social media, but like social media didn't even ha- wasn't even called social media then. Like this is like MySpace days. And like, that was like my introduction to expressing myself on the internet and, you know, whether that's like choosing your MySpace song or designing the code of your page. And as a teenage girl at the time, I was just like super excited about that. And I remember I was in high school and I was in like grade 12 and Facebook was, you know, just starting to become a thing. Like I was the first person to create 
our like school network on Facebook back when you had to join like a school in order to be on Facebook. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I think there's like, there must be people that work at Facebook. That's a cool job. And it was so not even like a career at that time that you could like even discover or go into. So I went to college and I was, you know, doing the academia route and everything. And I just was not into it at all. Like, Were you studying marketing? No, not at all. So I have no formal marketing training at all. Everything I know is just from being a citizen of the internet and teaching myself. I love that. So I was studying like international relations, poli-sci, Canadian studies. Like I was all over the place. And I started a blog with one of my friends at school and the blog grew really popular on campus. And we were actually able to like make money from our blog and it became like got more traffic than the school newspaper did. So that was like what I spent most of my time in college on and something that like I thought was fun for me. And that was kind of like my first introduction to marketing because we were like had this blog and we had to like promote it somehow, right? So we were using like Twitter and Facebook to like promote our blog. And that was really, I guess, like the first, my first introduction to content really. And then um, I ended up joining the school newspaper and like that's what I spent my time in college on. I was not interested in school at all and I was just really interested in like everything to do with the internet. So I left... um, I actually dropped out of college because I got an internship at Hootsuite way back in the day. And I was was doing social media for them and educating people about social media. And I just really discovered that like, oh, marketing is a thing. And like marketing is an option that I have in my life. Like it was just never really presented to me as something that you could study. I didn't really like understand what business school was and all of those things. So um, yeah, so I once I was doing my internship, I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'm meant to be like working and working in social. And this is so much more fun than school. So I just never went back to school and I don't regret it at all. It was like the best decision I made. And I think because I dropped out and was working in something and working in a startup environment where, you know, it's hyper growth, you're able to grow so much, learn so much on the job that really gave me like that boost up in my career. So I have, you know, I guess maybe now it doesn't matter so much, but you know, in my, in my 20s, I was, had a a couple more years work experience than all my friends did by the time that they left college and stuff like that. So I think that that's always been a really great decision I made. And yeah, I was working at Hootsuite for a while. And then eventually I did get to the point where I was like jealous of all of my friends who were still in university or they were just like waitressing or whatever. And I was, you know, having a pretty like stressful tech job. So I decided to quit my job and uh, my best friend Elaine and I went on a road trip down to Mexico. And on that road trip, we started an Instagram account called Local Wanderer and we were gone for two months. And by the time we came back home on our trip, our Instagram account had 28,000 followers. Wow. What year was this? That was 2014. At the time, like 28,000 followers on Instagram was like a huge deal. And we were like, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? We have to do something with this now that we're home and we're not like traveling constantly. But that was a really cool moment for me because I think like it reminded me that 
creating content was like what I love. Now I think social media is respected a lot more than it was in the past, but even still people still kind of assume that like social media interns are running um, accounts for these big brands and stuff like that. Like there's not a ton of respect for the social media job because everyone thinks that they can do it when really it's, it's a whole career, you know, that deserves a lot of respect. So I had kind of moved away from creating content in my job at Hootsuite. And then when we were on the road, I was like, whoa, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I love content and I'm not going to like apologize for that. Um, that was kind of what made me then really commit to Instagram and creating content and like growing them. So we started a whole travel blog and stuff like that. And those were really fun few years. And I had a few other jobs doing content and stuff like that before I got to later. What I find really interesting, so you are, I think, the second or third person that I've had on the podcast who is a university dropout and who has no regrets. And I think, I know I have like quite a few younger listeners who are still in university and some even in high school. And I think it's just such an interesting um, perspective because there's so much pressure to go to university and to get a degree. And I think a lot of people would look at a large company large now company like Later or Hootsuite and think, oh, I need a degree in marketing or communications or PR or any of those things to even get my foot in the door to any of these companies, um, which I mean, I'm I'm similar to you, I except I actually did finish my degree, but I don't use it in anything that I do now. Um, so for anybody who's like thinking of those career paths, I just think it's so interesting to hear like other people that have been successful in this space and who have done it through work experience and internships and kind of non-traditional ways? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like when I, you know, obviously I was in, I was managing a team of like over eight people and hiring for a bunch of different roles. Um, and I've reviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of resumes. And never once have I ever even looked at their education section to know like where they went to school or what their degree was like, that's just not important. And maybe, you know, maybe that's specific because I've worked mostly in tech, which is, you know, generally has a lot of dropouts and non-traditional routes and stuff like that. But really when I'm hiring, I'm looking for like your output. What can you do? What can you show me that you've done before? I think that people who are going to school doing, even if they're doing it in a practical program, like marketing or something like that, and they leave and they're expecting like that that experience is going to get them a job. I think that's really out of touch with reality. Like just because you can do projects and stuff doesn't mean that you can even like work in an office. Sometimes I've had different people, you know, that, yeah, they have all this experience, but then by the time they go into the workforce, they like don't even know how to use like Google Docs properly <laughs> or something like that, you know? And so I think that like what's, if you want to work in social media or marketing, like the best thing you can do is grow your portfolio. So whether mm -hmm. that's using your own personal account as an example that's an easy thing to do. Or whether you, if you can't like get any clients, can you start like a, um, like an Instagram account for some sort of like hobby that you have or something like that? Or can you like volunteer for an organization and run it for them? Like there's so many organizations that are like, don't have really money to hire good social people. So like that could be an avenue, but, 
um, really just showing that like you can do stuff. And that's the best way to learn too. I don't think you're going to really learn in a classroom when they have their curriculums. They're made so far ahead of time. Like you're really learning stuff that isn't cutting edge. It's not like the most up-to-date information because social platforms and marketing and like marketing platforms and trends, they change so quickly that by the time you put something in a textbook or a curriculum, it's already probably not relevant anymore. A hundred percent. Wow. I agree so much. And this is why I love doing like digital workshops and things like LaterCon, which are, you know, introducing an audience to leaders in the space and who are sharing their experiences and their tips and advice and things like that. So wrapping back to later, what was your actual role when you joined the company and kind of what were the pros and cons of working at a startup? Because they were a startup too when you first joined, right? Yeah. So when I first joined, it was called Latergram. Um, and then I was, yep, major throwback. And it was just kind of this, you know, hacky little tool that you could use to like quote unquote schedule Instagram posts. Like auto publishing didn't even exist then. So it was all through notifications. And so I was the first marketing hire that they hired. So I think my title was content marketing manager when I joined. Um, but I wasn't like managing anyone. It was just me. And, um, I worked with co-founders and yeah, we had a super, super small team. Like there was six, seven, eight of us, something like that. And so definitely an OG there, (laughs) but it's been, I think that's, what's been so cool is like, because we also rebranded the company a few months after I started, I really was able to like grow this whole brand from day one and grow it from scratch, which was really fun and really cool versus, um, you know, stepping into something that already has that. So I really love that stage. And, you know, when I joined, there wasn't any email marketing. They had a blog that had a couple posts. One of them just happened to do well in search. So it was getting about like 30,000 sessions a month. And by the time I left, our blog was at like over two and a half million sessions a month. So, Whoa. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, tons of growth there. And then, you know, like I started like our newsletter, and that also has, you know, millions of subscribers as well. So, um, that was really fun. And the Taylor from Later thing is, it's kind of a funny story because it was never like an intentional thing that came about. I just like sent out, you know, our first email with a blog post, which was like, it's the ugliest email. It makes me cringe so much (laughs) looking at it. But I think that just goes to show you that like, it's so much better to just like start and start creating content and put it out there versus like waiting for everything to be perfect. But yeah. So when we were doing that email, I just typed in like Taylor from Latergram from the from thing. I never thought it would become a thing at all. And now it's Nikki from later and I'm so excited for her. And it's so awesome to get to like pass the torch to someone who I feel has like so much confidence and who's going to do a good thing. So you and I both have experiences working at startups. And I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation with you is I think we went through similar things. Um, re burnout. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the reason why I left my first company a few years ago was because I was just like, I realized how much I was working and how much it had become detrimental to my own mental health. And even though it was a dream job in a way, 
it just wasn't worth it at the end of the day because I didn't have that balance and it wasn't fun for me anymore when I realized like how stressed I was, how much I was overworking myself. And so I'd love to hear kind of your experience with burnout and, you know, why you chose to leave what a lot of people would consider a dream job. Yeah. So later was what it was like my dream job. And I got to grow so much in that role. I really think like, honestly, everything I've learned and everything that I think I'm good at now is because of later and things I learned there. It was, you know, 25 to 30. Those are like huge years in your life where you're um, learning and growing and like becoming your own person. And I, I think like being able to work and have such a cool opportunity to like grow a, a brand and do so many different things from like running huge events to influencer campaigns. And like, I just learned so, so, so much. And, you know, it was awesome. I became like, I got that director level that I wanted and I definitely moved up in the company and learned a lot, but there's a quote that I just relate to so hard and it says, burnout comes when you are not doing things you want to be doing. And I think when you're in a place where you're not burned out, that can make a lot of sense to you. But when you're burned out, you can't even like realize that there's things that you want to be doing that you're not able to. Like it doesn't even compute because you're just like operating on empty and for so long that you don't even realize that, you know, you're not living in like in a healthy way. So I think for me, it took me literally after like a month off of work before I like realized just how burnt out I was. And I think that, you know, a lot of it is my own is like, was because of my own stuff. So I've been going to therapy lately and it's been so good for me to just like learn a lot more about myself. And a lot of the reasons why I was burnt out was because of pressure that I put on myself. It wasn't like it was coming from my bosses or anything like that. Um, is just like this, this like ownership and expectation I put on myself to like push myself so hard. And I think that now taking this time off after having left my job and really, you know, wanting to take a break, I'm able to then recognize what like my behaviors were and work with my therapist on like, okay, when I'm, you know, re-entering the workforce and stuff, like what are things that I can do differently this time? But I'm, but it's really, it's like a catch 22 because I was only able to like get to this place and realize that stuff because I quit my job and took multiple months off of work. And that's such a like privileged place to be in that lots of people don't have that, you know? And so, and even now I'm still having like, you know, I've had definitely had multiple job offers and things like that. And I just really am not in a place where I can even think about committing to something full time yet, because I think I still need to like work on myself and grow. And so right now I'm just in a stage where I'm just happy to be, you know, working part time and something that's not super stressful for me. And am I making like a ton of money? No, but I'm making like a good, a decent amount of money where I'm not worried about it. And I'm a lot more happier. And for me right now, that's just like the best place for me to be in. And I know that will have to change at some point, but for now, I'm just really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the place I'm in. 
So one question that I have is, was there like a a breaking point or uh, like a catalyst in which you're like, oh, I need to take time off of work? Or was it just that you had kind of worked yourself into the ground and you had no other choice but to take time off? Um, I think it was both. So I had, because I'm like super type A and organized, I have a tendency to like predict when I'm going to be burnt out. But my definition of burnt out then would be like rock bottom burnt out. (laughs) Like I'd be like, okay, I think that, you know, a month from now I'm going to be really bad. So I would like, so I had scheduled to take a week off of work at the end of June and the beginning of July. But really I had been burnt out since like quarantine happened. (laughs) Basically, you know, I had been operating on empty for months, but I wasn't like, self-aware enough to realize that. And I would think I was just so used to using work as a distraction from a lot of my other like personal issues and stuff. If you've like gone through trauma before and things like that, like you want to distract yourself from having to think about that or deal with it. So I really used work as like a drug in that way because it's like a socially acceptable drug. Like no one's going to be like, (laughs) you know, you need help. You're working too much. People like people in hustle culture, they like applaud that when it's definitely, yeah. And it's not a healthy thing and and it shouldn't be praised for that. So when, obviously when COVID happened, all of these brands had to have a response. Like in (laughs) retrospect, why did we all have to have responses? But you know, everyone sent out an email. Yeah. The same email. (laughs) Yeah. And you had to like figure out crisis communications messaging Mm -hmm. for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And crisis communications is a really like stressful job, especially if you have never gone through, no one had gone through a pandemic before and you have to change so many plans for your business and your quarterly plans or yearly plans and everything. So that was stressful. And then I think, you know, going through COVID and stuff and then with Black Lives Matter as well, that was another stressful time for brands. And as it should be, like a lot of people, you know, taking accountability, recognizing ways that they could be improving or not. But also as a brand, you're expected to now you know, have a statement on this and what is your statement and trying to decide that. Like, that's a very, that's a very stressful thing for anyone who is in a decision-making role for that because you want to make sure that you're getting it right. Not just because of the messaging, but because, you know, it aligns with like your company values and what you think is like right in the world. And you, you saw so many companies, for example, who didn't say black, who wouldn't even say black lives matter. They like, wouldn't even say those words. And so it's, I'm super proud of like our response from later. And obviously like there's going to be racist people out there in the world who aren't, um, who don't value those things. But at that time I was just, I would say that was after we had gotten our, you know, brand through two crises and one quarter, I was definitely at that point, like on empty because that's also very like emotionally, Um, driven work. And if you're like advocating for like equality and things that you think are important, you know, working in in social is, it has another layer for your mental health that you don't have to necessarily have in other jobs. So yeah. So I basically like I was in a meeting about something super unrelated to any of that. And I basically just had 
like a full on breakdown over Zoom with my boss. <laughs> and I was crying a lot. And it was just like, very obvious that I was like not in a good mental space. And so um, we said we were going to like talk about stuff when I came back from my vacation. And I think that was when I realized then like while I took that vacation, because I had anticipated that I would be so burned out that I realized that like, no, like I, I don't just need a week off of work. Like I need an extended time away from work. And so, um, that's kind of, I guess, what was my, like, was my breaking point at the end of, end of June, early July. Um, and that was a big decision for me to come to, you know, like I've, I had made my work so part of my identity. So I was really afraid to like leave the company. I had not been thinking about leaving at all until really the end of June. Um, I thought I was going to be there for a lot longer still, but I just decided to like put my mental health first and really prioritize that. And I've been doing that. And even though like there's so many other things that come up, it's really hard and it's hard to say no to them. I just have to like stay focused on like the reason why I left. And so many people are like, what are you doing next? And they all want these like expectations from you. And I'm like, I don't know. I need time off to like figure out what I want for my life right now and stuff. And it was like the, it was just, you know, the, it was just the best decision I could make at that time. And I'm so happy that, that I did that, even though it was really hard. You talked about, uh, your privilege in that you're even able to take that time off. And I'm curious, like, did you have freelancer things lined up afterwards or did you just like fully take time off and then say okay now I'm open to like taking on a few side few side hustle things um was there like a process that you went through for that so I just quite not know having anything lined up because I had been saving money from quarantine and that was another thing like quarantine just brought up so many things for me where I realized that like my priorities were different or like by not traveling and stuff, I was able to be like, Oh wow, I saved so much money or, um, you know, and that's like a hard decision to be in too, because it's kind of like was one or the other in quarantine, right? It's either like you don't have a job right now or you have a job, but you're working harder than you ever have in your life. So it's, you're grateful that you have your job, but you're really, really stressed out. So I was basically just working all the time. So I had saved up more money than I normally have in my savings. So I was just, I was just confident in myself that if I quit that I would, I was like, okay, I have enough savings for like a few months and then something I will like, I will find something. Like I just had to be confident in myself and in my skill set, and also in the personal brand that I have built where I could be like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I was, and I am. <laughs> so I didn't have anything lined up. And so it was definitely like anxiety inducing and stressful. But then once I had like announced that I was leaving, you know, things started to come in. And, um, so right now I'm working part-time with girl boss. So I'm doing social and some other content stuff there. And I've been helping um, with a couple friends with their own companies on little projects here and there. But similar to like when I left Hootsuite and then got back to doing social, like I'm just so happy right now running an Instagram account <laughs> and like really going back to my roots and just focusing on, on that content. I'm having like a ton of fun doing it. So I love that. Um, well, I think you brought up an interesting point because obviously like there is privilege in being able to 
quit your job and, you know, kind of not have anything lined up, but know that you're going to be okay with it. But also just in this like conversation of saving money, like I feel like a lot of people feel paralyzed in their nine to fives and that, oh, I could never be a freelancer. I could never do my own thing because it's unstable. But if you are smart with your money, you know, even if you're not making six figures a year or whatever your salary is, like there's always room to save money and kind of prepare if you do want to like take that leap and you know, I think being smart with those decisions is really admirable and something that isn't really taught. Like I, I, I think especially with women, like money is just like a taboo thing to talk about. We don't really talk about saving money. We talk about, you know, the clothes that we're buying, <laughs> especially like on social media and influencer culture. It's like trips and clothes and blah, blah, blah. But nobody really talks about, oh my God, guys, I saved like five months worth of my, you know, rent stuff like that is so exciting and so cool, but nobody really talks or glamorizes that. So I just, I think that's awesome that you did that. Totally. I mean, I, I feel like I realized I was spending so much of my money to just like be like flexing on Instagram, (laughs) like, you know, for like the trips and all that stuff. And I was like, wait, like, why am I actually doing these things? Am I just caught up in this like cycle of like, this is what you do or do I enjoy doing it? I will say that like when the last time I was self-employed, which was after I had quit Hootsuite and was, you know, working on local wanderer and our travel blog and all of that stuff, I found it super, super stressful. And that's really when a lot of my like anxiety issues first started to arise because I didn't have the dependability of a paycheck every two weeks. And I realized then that like money was like a really big anxiety trigger for me. So I've worked really hard to make, to get to the point where like my money doesn't make me anxious or cause me any anxiety and saving is so important for that for me. But I will say like, it's only been maybe the last like year that I've actually really been focused on saving money. I was a huge, huge spender before, but you also have things like, um, you know, like I was paying off my student loans, which are, were like $400 a month. And even though I never finished my degree, you know? So it's like when you're younger, it's like so easy to sit here. I feel like, and say when I'm 30 and be like, these are the things I do now. But like, I remember also being in a position where like, you know, one of my paychecks per month, that was like my entire rent. And, you know, it was so much harder and you still want to like live your life and stuff. I think like people call it like a fuck you fund or whatever (laughs) is like their savings. I've heard some women call it that before where it's basically like you're saving up this money so that if you're in a situation where your job is just so terrible and you can't take it anymore or you are like living with a partner and you need to break up with them or whatever it is, you can basically have the freedom and empowerment to say like, you because you have money in your account and you can go off and like use that for something. So I definitely wish that I (laughs) saved money earlier for sure. Yeah. And you touch on such an important point, which is that your financial well-being can be so closely linked to your mental health and anxiety and whether, you know, I think it depends per person, because like you said, when you first got into, you know, freelancing entrepreneurship world, it was more stressful because you don't have that steady paycheck versus other people might find that, you know, more empowering to, to have that financial freedom. So I think it's like, 
this importance of really becoming self-aware of what your relationship with money looks like and, you know, how can you best develop that relationship so that it doesn't cause you anxiety at the end of the day, because it should be something that's empowering and it should be something that makes you excited and not, you know, causing you or mental distress. But I've, I've been through, I mean, I've talked about this a bit on the podcast before I've been through all the ups and downs of like being so financially burnt out and emotionally burnt out. And then on the other end, like when you're in that healthy place money-wise, how much it benefits your mental health. And it's just, I find that those links really fascinating and I feel like we don't talk about them enough. Um, but I do want to shift gears a little bit and just talk about mental health because you have been pretty open and transparent on your Instagram account sharing. I mean, that's kind of why I reached out to you is because you were like openly sharing these things and I'm like, Oh, perfect. She's open to talking about this. Do you consider yourself a mental health advocate? Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I, I think I advocate for anything I feel passionate about and mental health is something that's really close to my heart for sure. Do I, am I an advocate in a way like I like know everything about mental health and I'm like the (laughs) prime example of it? No, (laughs) but I think it's really important, especially really focusing on mental health in the workplace because um, that's somewhere where it's even, it can affect you like the most and it's not necessarily kosher to talk about it, you know, and I'm someone who cry, I cry in meetings. Like I'm a crier. (laughs) Um, and I'm someone who like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think like, you know, being a, one thing I learned the most from Matt, one of the co-founders of later is really how to be like an empathetic leader. And I think that that was so important. So when I was a manager and having people on my team, you can lead by example. So, you know, by saying like, I'm having a really anxious day, like I'm taking the day off, I'll be back tomorrow. And instead of trying to lie and just say like, I'm not feeling well, I'm taking a sick day. Like by putting simple acts like that, like by me saying that, that makes other people feel like if they're in that place, they can do the same thing. They don't have to tell me that they're feeling anxious. They can say that they're just not feeling well, but they know that mental health is weighed equally to like physical health, you know? So yeah, I'm super passionate about that. And I think for me, just every time I see someone being like real or authentic about their mental health on Instagram and sharing about their process, it really impacts me and makes me feel like I'm less alone. So if I can make like one more person feel like that too, by my, by sharing what I'm going through, then that's why I do it. Cause I think it's just like, it can be so alienating. Your Instagram, you have, I mean, you're at what, like 14,000 followers right now? Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Last time I checked. Um, have you thought about going the quote unquote influencer route, uh, as like next steps in your journey? Or do you prefer to be someone who's kind of behind the scenes or like working on a company versus like your own personal brand? Such a good question. I would say like I'm really in flux right now because I love my community and I have really, really high engagement, which is rare on Instagram these days. So I'm definitely not looking to like grow really quickly or anything like that. And anything I use my Instagram for, I want it to be authentic. Um, 
but I'm trying to figure out like what, what the heck I'm going to do with it (laughs) because I'm, it's hard for me because I don't want to just turn my Instagram into something that's then just like a business for me. And then I'm lacking that like personal stuff. So I want to, I would like to ideally make it like a something that's like a mix. Yeah. Something I really struggle with is like, I know I have a lot of like marketers who follow me. Right. And like, they were probably following me for like marketing tips and stuff like that. But where I'm at in the phase of my life right now is like, I am so happy to like not be knowing what every single Instagram update is right now. And I'm just like not in a place where I want to be giving out a ton of marketing advice all the time. So it's been nice that like some of my mental health stuff is resonating with people. Um, but I also know that I do have a lot of value I can bring with all of my education and I do want to share that. So I don't know. It's a really good question. I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing with that, but you inspired me because when you were talking at later con about how your channel is like, you're making, you know, equal money from it as your day job. I was like, damn, am I like letting all this opportunity just like sit on the table and not do anything with it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, especially for like micros like you who like us, I guess, who have those super engaged followings. Like I think people kind of assume, oh, you need a hundred K plus to be doing this full time or like in any substantial way. And really like what I'm seeing more and more on the influencer side is brands really leaning to micro influencers and recognizing the value there. And the numbers are starting to matter less and less, which is what's really interesting to me. Um, But in this process of figuring out kind of your next steps, you talked a little bit about when you were experiencing burnout, how you're like so running on empty that you can't even recognize the things that you, wait, how did you say it? The things that you love that you're no longer doing because you're just like so overwhelmed with everything. Um, So what are some of those things that I guess could be considered like your self-care that you have rediscovered a love for? Or is there like hobbies or things that you're doing now that you're out of work that you just, you know, are having fun with? Not work things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because go back to your last question. I think like my mental health would be so good if I was just like a quote unquote like influencer and just like that was my job. I I don't know if I would feel like the most fulfilled by that myself, but I feel like my mental health would be great because I just, I honestly like love creating content. So that's like one of the things yeah. that I've fallen back into now. Um, Like I'm, I just moved. So I have to get my place in order, but I'm like so excited to like get back into like making TikToks and stuff or like doing content shoots. I can't tell you the last time like I did like a shoot or something and I just love doing that. And sometimes I feel like I have to like justify that for some reason. And then I'm just like, no, I'm like, it's my art. (laughs) It is. No one. Yeah. If you're like drawing pictures, people aren't like making fun of you for you know, like, oh, your hobby is like drawing or whatever, you know, but if you're like posing for photos or setting up a content shoot, like that somehow, you know, people look down on that. So I'm just now thinking about like, that's my art and my hobby and like something I love to do. But it's, it's interesting and like kind of funny to me in a way. Cause I find this is so relatable to a lot of people that work in this industry is like, you love pieces of your job. And there's like a fine line between like, is this work versus is this a hobby? Like I love doing this, but also 
it's work. And I think when there is that such a fine line that the lines start to like blur and blend together, I think that's a really easy recipe to like lose your identity in your work self Mm -hmm. because your hobby is your work a lot of the times. So like, do you find that you, I mean, now I guess you're in a place where you can better separate. Like you said, your, your personal Instagram, you're just like posting your personal life and mental health stuff, um, versus posting marketing stuff and mental health stuff and like all of these things. Do you feel like you need to draw boundaries on your social media now, or is it just like more natural since you're not really working like a full corporate job right now? I thought it was going to be really hard for me to separate my work identity from myself because I was like Taylor from later. And that was my identity. And I like, I lived to work and I like loved my job and it was all about that. And like, that's what my life was all about. And now it's not even been three weeks since I've been fully, fully gone and it's crazy how so quickly that can that can change. I think that's important for people to remember, you know, like it can feel like such a big thing before you leave something that is tied to your identity. But a few weeks later and you move on and you grow <laughs> to the next thing. And I think that was a, a great point. Like we feel so tied to the things that we are presently doing and presently working on, whether that's a company or a project or, you know, a brand or whatever. And in the moment, it can feel like, oh, my God, if I ever lost my job or, oh, my God, if I ever stopped doing this thing, like, who would I be Mm -hmm. until you stop doing it? And then you're like, oh, wait, I was always a person underneath this. It just became like a huge part of my everyday that you feel like it's like your whole identity. But really, like Taylor was always there. Right. Totally. And I got to figure out right now, like, like, who is Taylor and what does she like to do? And I have, like, so much time right now, you know? So I'm, like, in doing social content for other brands and stuff like that, but, like, not having that be part of my identity. Like, I am just me, and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what what I'm doing in my life. Um, and I think it's also something that's, like, cyclical. Like, I think, you know, this is what I did. I'm. It's very similar to what I was going through when I was, like, 24 years old um, the last time I quit you know, a big tech job and stuff like that. And so I'm sure another five or 10 years from now, I will have another thing I want to do. Okay. So to wrap up the episode, I have a couple like quick fire, just fun questions for you. Okay. Um, so the first one, what's your astrological sign? Okay. So I am, uh, my sun sign is a Capricorn, which I like very (laughs) highly identify with. Like obviously I'm a Capricorn. (laughs) Um, and then my moon sign is a Virgo. So I am like the most type A that you can get basically (laughs) and very, very organized. So that tracks. And then my rising sign is a Libra, um, which we're in Libra season right now, which I feel very fits me as well too, because I love Kim Kardashian, who is a Libra and I feel like selfies and Instagram, all that stuff. They're very Libra tendencies. So are you a Starbucks person or a Tim's person or a second cup person? Like what's your go-to? Starbucks. So I'm actually allergic to coffee. Um, Fun fact. No. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I drink, I love the chai tea lattes from Starbucks. They have the best chai, like 
lots of people don't like it, but I love it. It's like crack for me. Okay, you said you're reading books. What's your favorite book or currently reading a book that like stands out to you that you would recommend to someone? Okay, so I'm currently reading the Meghan Markle like Finding Freedom book about her and Prince Harry. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I read so many of the like anytime a celebrity comes out with like a book, the memoir, I buy it. It's like our bookshelf is embarrassing to my husband. (laughs) Um, But one of my favorite books is The Rules Do Not Apply by um, Ariel Levy. And it's like a memoir, but it's just, I won't even say more. It's just like so good. It's something I read in one sitting. She was like an author at, um, I think, New York Magazine or something like that. But yeah, it's really good. Awesome. That's all my questions. Um, Thank you so much for being on Self-Care Sunday. And I'm so excited to see where you go next. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. You are also, I just have to say, such an inspiration for me. And I feel like you Mm. make me (laughs) want to like, you know, watching people like you and like Melanie and stuff. Like you guys are just like creating content and going for it and hustling in like a really like sustainable way, which I think is really cool. So we need more women business people out there doing things in a healthy way, right? 